Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. And uh, we want to welcome you to this debut. I, w- I was going to say performance, but it's not a performance. It, it, this debut of Deeper. There we go. Yes. That's kind of the purpose of this, is to dig in a little bit deeper. Sometimes I know... Tommy has told us that she said, I really didn't get your sermon. You know, and I wish I could have read. read. Yeah, yeah, I do. I actually have questions about this Bible reading that mm. we're going to talk about today. And, and, and so that's kind of the purpose of this, is just to take the opportunity to, to go a little deeper with it. And we hope you'll like this. Well, here's Pastor Don. Speak of the devil. Well, I, was, I wasn't going to say that. Uh, you did. Devil? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to get get closer here. (laughs) We are, well, I have to see the screen now. Oh, you can't see that. I I have better eyes, Pastor Scott. I can read all of that. (laughs) Thanks, wife. Pastor Don, you didn't bring our coffee. I did not. (laughs) See what we'll get around here. Just the way it goes. Like the bishop might be. Tune in later to find out what we say about our sermon. We told her. I publicly. really, really, it was the best sermon I've ever heard. <laughs> me too, Tommy. Uh, me, me too, I guess. <laughs> she did a nice job. I really did actually mm-hmm. like yeah, it. She did a, a great job. So It was uh, a little bit different style yep. um, than what they normally hear, but I think I thought it was very effective yep. and touching, a lot, a lot of good yep. compliments yep. about it. Yep. We also want to say uh, welcome to people listening in on the podcast, mm-hmm. because as right. we record this, we're recording... Our podcast, and uh, if, if what what does it say there? Uh, Pastor Jim said a few of his points from the oh, sermon. Yeah. Uh, number one, synod equals big club. Yeah, because she told a joke about a guy, a hunter was out hunting, mm-hmm. and or, or hunting, and he came across this little guy by a big animal, right. and he said, "You." brought that animal down and he said yeah and, and then the guy said well what did you use well my club well how is big it, is your club well it's about 60 of us yeah <laughs> yeah and he said church equals all y'all yeah that was one of my favorites yeah. yeah yeah and the blueprint of the church equals worship yeah well and, and just so you know because some of you maybe didn't hear the sermon y'all y'all she was talking about you know this body of christ is it's y'all when 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 the Bible says you, it's kind of like, it's not just personal, but it's more than one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in the South, they say y'all, and then when they want everybody, it's all y'all. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard that before. Yeah. Oh yeah, I lived in the South for many yeah. years. It all is y'all? it is all y'all. Yeah. I'm, I was from North Dakota, you know, they not don't South say Dakota. It. They don't say it often. Yeah. They also say bless your heart. And if someone says bless your heart, it's they, not kind. It's not kind. Really? <laughs> no, it means because I say that and I didn't know. Oh, that it means you're an idiot. It's almost, it's wow. like an insult, right? Yeah, like, oh, bless your heart. Almost like, 
Oh, you're really not very smart, are you? I, Bless your heart. <laughs> you I, don't know any better. Yeah, dummy. you don't know any better, dummy. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. But so anyway, we digress. Deep, we're going deeper on this stuff. Uh, we are. I have to reprogram my whole brain. Now, Connie uh, had, hold on, I want to oh, go back up here. Can we go back? Yep. Yeah, just Because Connie had a good point. The claimed. Yeah, love I thought. Yeah. There it is. Oh, oh there we go. Yeah. Too far. Right. Sorry. I'm yeah, he's not here. slapping you. All right, here we go. Yeah, Connie, I wrote that down as well. One of her wonderful points was we are better together and that as God's people we are claimed loved called and sent and that's what she wrote down and uh, I thought that was really really excellent yeah um, I gotta see so. what, pa- Tommy can you read what Pastor Jim wrote yeah he said a few people seek out a church and some come because of trauma or trauma and more come because of an invitation yeah. to come and yeah. see <clears throat> yeah. yeah I mean we, we know over the years here at Good Samaritan there's three main reasons people come uh, somebody invited them, hmm. or they Googled and found us, or they drove by. Yeah. But that invite is so huge. The vast majority of people still invite. Yeah. It's well over 50%. Yeah. Somebody's talking about, you know, hey, they like Good Samaritan, and that's a, yeah, it, it's a huge, huge thing. Well, and I like that she pointed out how, you know, this old way of thinking was like, oh, if I just live like a God-filled life, people will ask. But no. it kind of doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> no Not one's no. ever asked me anyway. Right. Not that I'm out. And here's, because here's a little controversial statement in regards to what Tommy is saying. You can live a God-filled life, but what do people hear about church in the media and church people? They focus on the radical church people, the ones that protest abortion clinics, um, the ones that don't get vaccinated because it's against God. You know, so the radical Christian right gets most of the press. And the radical Christian right does not speak for the majority of Christians. And if you watch Christians or people that are of faith in movies and shows, most of them are made out to be kind of bumbling, fumbling, not very smart people. Right. Uh, Not always. I mean, those of you that ever watch Daredevil, the priest in that one's pretty good until he gets killed by a bad guy. But um, so that's what perceptions of church people are. And so the one or two real people they know that are Christians and just try to behave nicely, it's not going to make a dent in the this media perception. It takes more. And I think, I mean, from my own personal experience, like my siblings, um, the couple that aren't maybe on the best, best path, view my attending church and, and being a Christian as being, like, better than them. It, I, that's how it comes off to them. So it's not an invitation to them right. for, me to just, for them to just witness how I'm living my life. They actually it's the opposite. It steers them away from it. You know what I mean? And not that I, I don't feel like I exude that. I think that's their own perception. Of course. Well, and I, and I think too, I mean, I've, I've referenced it in a couple of sermons. I'll go online like on YouTube to watch some other pastors, uh, just to get ideas about what I'm preaching about, get some other insights as well. And then I see all the negative comments below. It doesn't matter who, you know, somebody on the Christian left, somebody in the Christian right, somebody in the Christian middle, mm. and then all the negative comments from other Christians. And I'm thinking, if a non-Christian was going on to watch, and then they read all of this, it's like, I don't want to... Why would I want to be a part of that club? Uh, exactly. At all. They hate each other. They hate each other uh, over dumb stuff. Pastor uh, Jim had a nice comment that kind of slid by us there. He said, did anybody else notice that... She was very inclusive in her language of God. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Bishop Hutter is very careful about the language she uses when she refers to God. Uh, it, it, 
And I think that's fair. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with referring to God as a him, because in my mind, I know God is not male or female, right? right? It's just my use of pronouns. My daughter, who is 19 and much more liberal uh, than I would, would disagree with me. However, she would say that you have to use the right pronouns. Pronouns are important. But I think to have the sensitivity, and and the bishop obviously Mm -hmm. does, and uh, showed that in her presentation... Mm-hmm. And, that, and that as well. It's, it just shows the intentionality, which I think is really yeah. cool to see. Yeah. Does anybody here actually think that God is a male? Anybody here or, with us today? Or a female. Or a female. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure well, no, we know Jesus was a male. Right. But, but he also came into a very patriarchal male-dominated society. But even as a male, turned things upside down. Yeah. Uh, Much more inclusive of women oh, yeah? than... Mm-hmm. Any other religious leaders of his day. That's right. Absolutely. What, what's Connie saying here? Um, the personal invitation right. is the way with successfully getting to know Jesus and bonding with others, basically. Yeah. Personal invitation is, is really is, it is the way. You know, I, I also want us to get into the text that she used because there's some really good stuff here, too. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I was, because I had to refresh my memory about, um, it was from First Timoth- or First Peter. And... Wasn't it First Peter? It was. It was First yeah. Peter. Chapter two. And in my Bible, there are just some little uh, helps at the beginning. Um, who wrote this book and why? Peter, the apostle, saw the increasing hardship and persecution had caused some Christians to wonder if God had abandoned them. And he wrote to encourage these believers, offering them hope and meaning in the midst of their suffering. And so, you know, the headlines, which are not part of Scripture, on some of the sections was... Uh, the first one, praise to God for a living hope. And mm-hmm. that starts getting at the idea that she shared, too, about the living stone yep. in ch- in chapter 2. Um, because, I, and obviously we were celebrating the building of a church and dedicating this facility and, and uh, celebrating that this facility had been built. And so talking about, you know, Jesus being that living stone, kind of a cornerstone concept. Yeah. I think it's really helpful to hear that because I think it gives much more context to it because I was a little confused, but reading, having you read that, it kind of parallels a lot with today. I mean, it can't, like like the bishop said, it feels very, um, feels like there's so much tragedy and loss and divisiveness, and it does feel like there's like this sense of like, where is God and what's, who's really in control here? And yeah. I think hearing that that was the context of that, it really helps to understand this because... Well, and, and more what I read was, was that um, that early church, the, the Romans had kind of learned and the Jews had to get along with the Jews, but now you introduce Christians into the mix mm-hmm. and there was friction. A lot of friction. And that kind of upset the norm. Mm-hmm. And so the Christians, some of the Christians were starting to question, you know, well, is this really a good thing or isn't it a good thing to believe? And so Peter... Peter was suffering as well, and so he was in a position to encourage them and to give them hope. And yep. uh, Speaking of, I'm not trying to plug the next sermon series, but we're going to be talking about hope and healing starting this coming week. We are, and I'm probably going to be using some of this First Peter text. A little bit of context um, for that is, remember, Peter was probably the most Jewish of all the writers. He, most of his audience was in Jerusalem. <laughs> Excuse me. Most of his audience was in Jerusalem. And the Christian church was persecuted in Jerusalem 
probably more than just about anywhere else, especially early on. Yeah. All right? And the person writing this, Peter, this text from First Peter is obviously Peter the disciple, the rock on who Jesus built this church. So there's a little bit of context there. So he does have to speak into a fairly strongly persecuted church, giving them hope in the yeah. midst of persecution. Now, I'm going to back up for just one second because we had a couple of interesting comments that I wanted to share, especially for those of you listening on the podcast. When he leans in like that, we're just, we're just, trying to get too close we're trying to, we're just, it says, uh, James Slater says, pronouns are a ways, lazy way to describe God. There are far better descriptions to use. Well, that is a fairly strong comment, Jim. Thank you. All right. Pastor Jim is going to be a part of this when yep. he gets back. Yeah, he's going to bring some fire to this. All right. And then Randy said, we personalize God to match each of our comfort levels, which is true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That, is a, that is a good point. So, um, yeah, probably for some people, God is male and gender. Maybe for others, God is female. I think that is a little limiting and maybe, as Jim said, a little lazy, but... <laughs> Uh, but pos- not everybody is as academically astute as you, Jim. <laughs> just Truth. Just saying. There are probably some very conservative Christian brothers and sisters who are absolutely convinced <laughs> that God is male of gender. But um, And God loves them too. And God ne- always tells us to turn off our phones. All right. That's in First Don 12. That's right. <laughs> um, so we were talking a little bit about... Well, I think you were going to say how you were going to dig into that uh, in your message. It starts off the... Living Hope. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, I cannot wait until this new sermon series, Hope and Healing. I think it's just, there's so many good scriptures in, in our New Testament especially, but a lot of the Psalms as well, about God not just being the source of our hope, but a living hope that we have in our lives. And it's uh, it's not a fickle hope that comes and goes with circumstances. It's a hope that we have regardless, excuse me, of the circumstances. I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. So why do we hear so much of like living water, living stone, living hope? I mean, I guess I, my brain thinks very black and white. So sometimes these things that we read in the Bible are very hard for me to kind of understand. And I, why is that, that it's <clears throat> kind of referred to like that? Do you know? Well... I, I'm going to try it this way, and I don't know if it'll make se- it makes sense. Well, I hope so. There's people listening. It better make sense. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Jim, why don't you but, let me know? Yeah, yeah Jim, I have to get the answer to this one. Pay for it. <laughs> he, well, let me read the Bible lesson because we haven't done that yet. I mean, okay. what what she read uh, or the bishop read for her lesson? It's from First Peter chapter two. Um, and again, he's, he's talking to the Christians and, and telling them to have hope and, and to live a holy life, etc., etc. Uh, and then he says, before her reading, um, like, new, like newborn babies crave spiritual milk so that by it may you may grow up in your salvation now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. And then he moves into this. And, and she, I'm going to read it from the message translation, which is right. what the bishop read from. Welcome to the living stone, the source of life. The workman took one look and threw it out. God set it in the place of honor. Present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary vib- vibrant with life in which you'll serve as holy priests 
offering Christ-approved lives up to God. The scriptures provided precedent. And then some of these verses come from Isaiah in the Old Testament. Look, I'm setting a stone in Zion, a cornerstone in the place of honor. Whoever trusts in this stone as a foundation will never have cause to regret it. To you who trust him, he's a stone to be proud of. But to those who refuse to trust him, the stone the workmen threw out is now the chief foundation stone. For the untrusting, it's a stone to trip over, a boulder blocking the way. They trip and fall because they refuse to obey just as predicted. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. And obviously, um, Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. Right. The and, one that people trip over when they don't believe, don't obey. Right. And, and in that context, obviously, he came as Messiah, but they expected a different type of Messiah. Exactly. They didn't believe that this could be the way Messiah is supposed to be. And Once so again, talking to the Jewish people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And now he's talking to Christian people and said, you, Jesus is the living stone, the, the cornerstone of this church, if you will. He's not talking about a building, but a living entity, the people of God, the church of God, which the bishop referenced in her uh, stuff too. And, and and now we're going to be living bricks, if you will, mm-hmm. as a part of that too. But yeah. all together we become the church. If I could, I want to go back to Tommy's yeah. question because there is living water, um, living hope, living, uh, living stone. I think part of what that reference is, there's, there's some... There's some Greek stuff that goes along with that. Uh, Greek is very big on tense. Like, is it a past tense word? Is it a future tense? Is it present tense? And there's this one term called aorist, which means everything. It's past, present, and future, right? Uh, English language doesn't necessarily have the kind of same wording for that. It's like the only thing I remember from my Greek lessons in the <laughs> seminary. But... And so often what you'll see when you see these, this, like this living stuff, the living stone, living water, is it's talking about Jesus or God in past, present, and future. He isn't just a God of the past, right? He wasn't just a, a God of the Israelites. He's not just a God of the future of heaven. And he's not just a God right now. He's a God of all three. Right. And so this idea of a living God is he was present in the past. He is present in the future. And he, or he is present here now and he will be present in the future and so it's trying to convey this idea of like a living spirit a living god as continually present not only in our lives today but in the history of mankind and into our future so that's what it's about it's not like we're praying to a god who is way up there way out of our reach or we're connected to a god who's just going to get us into heaven or who just saved the israelite people and then taught some nice things, and then we're just going off those teachings. It's this idea of a God who was with the Israelites and saved them, who is going to take us to heaven, but who's actively at work in our life today. That's, you know, if you were only going to remember one thing from your Greek class, that was a good one. I am a smart fellow, let me tell you. <laughs> he graduated, so he must have. Drink another cup of coffee. <laughs> what did... Uh, I, I can't see that. I think I mean, we're going to help you out here. Interesting personal note. I believe you used Psalm 84 in worship. Yeah. My paternal grandmother's maiden name was... Oh, we have to hit Seymour. Was Seymour? No, was <laughs> Thorough Watcher. 
which can be translated as door watcher. Oh, Psalm 84.10, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. I have always appreciated that verse. I think the, did the bishop picked that passage too. That was she did. F- she picked both of those passages. Yeah. First blessing. Yeah, she day. wanted that. Yeah. So, I made some more notes here. Any questions about the bishop's message or about anything that we've said? Please type those in. Um, I, at the end, you know, she just really hammered this idea that God keeps His promises, and your value comes from being His children. I wrote that down. I thought that was very good. Yeah. You know, our value doesn't come from our building. Our value doesn't come from our net worth. Our value comes from being God's children. But unfortunately, in this world, people are told your value comes from what you wear, what you own, what you, uh, what you do for a living. And God says, no, uh, you're, you're chosen people. You're God's people. Which um, should be a source mm-hmm. of hope for people who maybe are struggling with identity and all of that, too. And just going, you know, but I'm not rich yeah. enough, but I don't. Right. Not good enough looking, but that doesn't matter to God. Because so you feel good when things are good, and you feel yeah. bad when things are exactly. bad. That's a roller coaster of a yeah. life, but yeah. that's how most people live. Yeah. And this 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 thing that she was focusing on, you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for a higher calling to be holy people. It doesn't matter if you are the poorest person in your group of friends or the richest person in your group of friends. You are all equal yep. in that regard. Uh, it's just such a great reminder that. Um, it's not who we are, it's whose we are yeah. that really matters. Yeah, like, I wrote yeah. that down too, and that he desires that we know we are loved. Mm-hmm. And I, that really like, reinforced a lot of what she was saying there too. Yeah. I loved her story of about 9-11, about the, yeah. the priest yeah. giving the sign of the cross to all the, the workers that went in, and then you know, because the oil was on their head when the, a flashlight would shine, and like, the dust and the mist, you'd see that sign of the cross. And I've, I've never, always. I've never heard that. Before. I, I think that's awesome. I'm going to look that up and see if. Bishop, I'm going to look that up and see if that's true. <laughs> fact check you. I'm going to fact check, but I think it's a great story, and I'm sure the bishop would never tell a story no. that was not true. No, 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 no. Um, but uh, I've always thought about that when I do baptism uh, teachings for people. I'll always remind them that we make the sign of the cross. We, we don't do the full baptism ritual here at Good Samaritan, but we take the intimate parts of it. And that sign of the cross is really good because Martin Luther said, every time you wake up in the morning, you should splash water in your face, make the sign of the cross, remember that you are God's child. And I tell people, that's like an invisible brand. You know, we're not going to actually brand you because we'd be thrown in jail for that. But, um, but you <laughs> so are... Except on Ash Wednesday. Except on Ash Wednesday, well, but even that washes off. And this is this is the Montana in me where we brand cattle, and that brand stays. We don't brand people that way. But that sign of the cross that we make on those children's or those adults' heads during baptism is like an invisible brand. You are branded God's child. Why do you brand something to begin with? To show ownership. That's my cow. That's that's my goat, right? And so if it gets lost, you can go find it, bring it back to the fold. We are God's children, and that's invisible brand. And we get lost. It's a reminder we should probably try to come back home. I just, I just love that idea of that that cross shining in the light of despair of those burning buildings and everything. It's just a powerful image to me. So, oh, so so Jim is telling us that it was true because Father Judge is being raised up for canonization in the. 
Roman Catholic Church. The bishop is safe. Well, whew, well if Jim says, if the Jim and the bishop say it's true, it's got to be true. We don't have to check. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard that story, though, before. Mm-hmm. I, I really, it was, it was cool. And I like how you tied that into what we do in baptism as yeah. well. So, any other comments on the, fr- or Tommy, on, you wrote down some stuff. Pastor Don took better notes during the sermon than I did. I, 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 what we already kind of talked about. I liked the, um, that she said that the building is not the church. Because mm. I think, um, you know, there is so much excitement around our new building that um, it was a good reminder that it is not the church, that the people are the church. And yeah. I, I really like that she pointed that out. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think that that's that first Peter text is living stones. It's the living mm-hmm. part. It's mm-hmm. it's not the structure. It's the people, and, and what we do here. And I, I think overall, Good Sam does a pretty good job of that. I think yeah. people get that. We're happy after forty five years to have a dedicated sanctuary. Amen. But that isn't the end of the story. Yep. It's just kind of a new beginning. I wish somebody reminded me that at the beginning of the building project when I was sweating over all those non-living stones that were so (laughs) slow in getting put into place that really we're just building an exterior structure that's right it's the interior people that make the church just don't sweat the building yeah it's nice to have the building it's good to get it done yep but as long as the people are healthy and growing um, that's the most important part of the church. Well, and she was really able to parallel a lot of the building process to like kind of life, you know, just mm. with like um, how you go along in the building process and kind of how you can navigate life, you know, in your relationship with God and with others. And I, I thought that was really cool how she drew a lot of those parallels, just like the blueprints and using the blueprints to, to get your building. And it's just like the worship is the blueprint yeah. and all of those sort of parallels. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. God bless. Have a super day. Bye-bye. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sam. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. Again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day.